0: The mudga movements in general, what I'm trying to say is, these are movements which your body was meant to do. Your body was meant to do these kind of movements. Our bodies were meant to go in a three-dimensional motion. That's what makes us different from a robot. Robots are rigid. They go front, back, side, side. They can't go diagonal and then, if we see, maybe more involved, yes, they are. But in general, these are called rotator cuffs on our shoulder. We are meant to rotate it from the name itself. Rotator cuff means rotate it. You're not meant to lift it up, down. That becomes a two-dimensional. When you keep doing a two-dimensional motion, what happens is you get stiff. Do your research more. Always do your research more if you do something. That is very important. There's so much out there. If you, you know what's right, what's wrong, keep doing research before you start.
1: Namaste and welcome to another edition of the Bharat Varta Podcast. I'm Roshan Karyapa. If this is your first time here, we publish long-form discussions on politics, policy and culture focused on India. Follow or subscribe to us to stay updated. And if you like our content, don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite platforms so more people can discover our work. On the podcast today, we have Nitin Jairaj, who goes by the Instagram handle, The Shredded Farmer. Nitin works out with traditional Indian weight training equipment like the Magdar, the Samthola and the Gada and coaches people on how they too can adopt these ancient Indian techniques for physical fitness. In this conversation, we discuss how these are different from their Western counterparts and also some important principles and
0: hacks to stay strong and healthy. I hope you like this.
1: Hey, Nitin, uh, welcome to Bharatvarta. Thank you so much uh, for making the time.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for actually having me here. I actually enjoy doing these uh, interviews and podcasts because I think it's a good way to uh, bring awareness as well, you know. There's some people who really like to listen to, depends on the topic, right? So there's some people who really like to listen to these podcasts, stuff, especially politics whatever it is. Like you might be, since you're the interviewer, you'll have a lot of different uh, topics. But there's some people who like to listen to specific kind of things. So I'll and I'll surely promote this because who is into fitness can yeah. listen to it. So it's a good thing. Very good.
1: Yeah, I think health and fitness is important for everyone, right? I mean, like this is sound body, sound mind. So I'm sure that, you know, whatever you talk about is extremely relevant for our audience. And also our audience is uh, interested in all of these indigenous uh, knowledge as well, right? Knowledge systems that we have. And considering that, you know, you are into traditional weight training equipment and so on, that is really what intrigued me. You know, I followed your Instagram page about uh, a week back. And uh, since then, you know, I've been very, very clued into all of the various uh, workout routines that you post actually let's start there right i mean uh, how did you get into this you know uh, it doesn't seem like a very popular or conventional choice as such well. so how did you get into training with the traditional equipment
0: uh like i tell everyone my first this thing was basically how i got introduced to us basically from a movie i don't know if you know salman khan's *Dabang*. in that there was uh sonu Sood. he's the <laughs> he's the villain but he was using it I don't know if he uses it in real life, but in that, he looked really good, his body. And uh, you talk about like 14 years ago and that kind of like, wow, I was really thinking about like, because it really got my attention because it's something where his body looked really good in that movie. And uh, I'm sure he has a good movie body right now. What I'm saying is at that time, he was doing that and got me something really interested in that. And what got me more interested in that was just to experiment and everything. And then I read about that the movement if you see, it's all about rotational swings, right? And that's when I realised it's more about joints, you know. I always like I don't know if you and others all of us got influenced through Hollywood in our college days and school days We're looking at Arnold and Silver salon everything and yeah, they have good physics, is. right? and that's what made us all go to the gym, I think, in the start, right? To join a gym and experiment it, right? Which is good. Made me go to the gym, which really thing. But then what happened was a couple of years later I was getting very stiff. Uh, joints were aching, you know, sometimes you get these joint aches and shoulder stuff. And then I was just thinking to myself, I'm going to the gym to get fit, but am I really fit? I might look good, but am I really fit? You know, these are things which really caught my head. And then, uh, I couldn't get myself hands on to a, a Indian traditional tools like the Mudgar or gada. So what I did was then, uh, after getting injured a lot, you know, we joint pains and I got into CrossFit and CrossFit had a sledgehammer. So I started doing it with a sledgehammer, you know, trying to do these uh, things. And this is, you're talking about 14 years ago. And from there, I kept experimenting it and everything. And that time, resources were very less for me because I was based in Dubai. And this is an Indian workout. So I really didn't know. So I used to go on the internet and just see and read and just try and find out what to do. And then slowly, I tried to find out. And uh, honestly speaking, I taught it myself after that, doing my own research. Yeah, I didn't have any guru. I did teach myself. For many years, uh, for like at least seven, eight years, and but I wasn't still into it properly. And then what happened was, 2019, I came to India, uh, thinking that I want to pursue this passion. And then lockdown happened. And during lockdown, I thought, okay, so now I know, I knew the knowledge, I didn't know how to teach. So then what I did was, I went online and learned, took up these courses, small, small courses. Which, I mean, I'm not certified. So what I did was, I took these courses, and I'm still not certified, but I have experience. So what I'm saying is. I taught myself how to teach for two years because you have, you have knowledge, but how do you bring it out there? So I taught myself for two years on how to teach and I got my first client. And then from there, I learned how to, what do you say from one client, every client has their own physical ability, right? Yeah. Not everyone is an athlete. Not everyone is a sportsman. So everyone has their own physical ability. So from that, what I did was every client taught me how to be a better teacher. So I have to break it down because your physical ability might not be the same as someone else. Your strengths might be more or their, uh, you know, stamina is more, things like that. So, and especially if you're not an athlete or if you're not into sports or fitness, your mobility and your physical ability is very different from a person who does sports. So your learning curve and everything. So honestly speaking, I taught myself how to teach for two years, but then the real teacher came out of me when I started teaching. And that too, online teaching. I only do online classes. So online teaching was even more challenging. And touch true, right now I have like, I've crossed the thousand mark, yeah, with clients. So it's been a good journey and it's still going on there. Yeah, (laughs) so that is exactly how it goes. So injuries is what actually got me into this Indian traditional workout.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I think with conventional workouts, you do realize some limitations, right? I mean, whether when you're doing machines or when, even when you're doing bubbles and uh, dumbbells as such, uh, right, you do tend to become a little rigid, uh, you lose a little bit of flexibility. I mean, we all uh, say that, you know, we should stretch enough and, you know, we should complement these exercises with, uh, you know, other mobility exercises. But really, you know, how many of us uh, do it, right? I mean, it's it's do usually it. an afterthought. Whereas, I mean, with uh, with something like a mudgar or the gada that you use, I think the the whole mobility aspect is baked into the strength training itself, which is what makes it like super interesting, I think. Your Instagram handle is very interesting. It's called the Shredded Farmer, right? You yeah. want to explain that?
0: I mean, is that more than just that? I mean, is that a lifestyle? So during lockdown, that's when the name came actually, because I live pre- pre- pretty much in the village and it's a farm area. So during lockdown, I really got into a lot of farming, like hands-on farming. And then what I did was when I was doing my mudga workout and I was doing the farming with the, sh- with the plowing and things, the moments were very related to each other. They're very much related to each other, like shoveling and the mudga swings. They were very related. So then I thought, so that's how the name actually came because I live around in a farm area. And uh, I thought, you don't see much crispy people or, you know, don't see much people who do the Indian workouts who are really stressed. So I thought, and that actually got me really, I really didn't do any diet. So what happened was within like nine months, I could see I was eating more. And also same time I was getting more and more shredded. So I thought, you know, that's how the name came. So I thought when I started my handle, I thought, you know what? Let me just do that. And it just kept going on with it. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so we have a caretaker uh, back in the village. And uh, that guy probably eats uh, three or four times a, a normal meal that I have, right? And he's shredded, right? And he's probably, I think, in his fifties right now, and uh, one of those guys who can kind of split a twine with his bare hands, you know, that kind of strength. Exactly, right? um, exactly. it's pretty insane, and it's very they, functional, they, right? I mean, it's not, not like look... they're trying to show off,
0: or it's not like exactly, it's so normal for him because uh, he does it on a daily basis. It's like his normal thing for him. Yeah, he's not doing it to show. So imagine if he was actually training to to for a competition, his outcome would be even more. You know, this is just normal for him. So <laughs> you know, what I mean so let's talk about some of
1: the traditional equipment that you use right and and these uh you know they do find uh, mention in some of the uh, ancient scriptures and so on so i was actually pleasantly surprised to know that you know this is even mentioned in the artha as such right so these mudgars and gadas and plenty of others like indian clubs and so on can you give us like a, a 101 of what are some of these weight training equipment and how do you use them
0: okay so I would say, so let's say first, as you all know, and I'm sure you must have seen, it was with Lord Hanuman. He has a Gada, right? It's one of those things where it's with him. And from there, it goes to your warriors. And to your warriors, it is more of swords and shields. Yeah. So these tools kind of replicates that. So kind of replicates that. It's the person who swings it. And then they bring it back swing it bring it back it's like an attacking and defensive attacking and defensive so that is the warrior type. after that it's got more evolved and went into uh the akadas and into farming or like laborers so i'm talking about when it comes to like the farming part is coming when you use your shovel when you use uh, a lot of these things where you carry a bag and things like that sacks these kind of movements are very related to the movements the swings we do and in the arcada is more for grappling catching, throwing, all these kind of things, you know. So it's more of martial arts there and in the farming area. So it is very related to each other, but it's just that that is more of an attack situation. Here is more of a lifestyle. So that's how these movements are. In. So one of the movements where we call in the western side, it's called the uh, it's called the mills. Okay. So you take the mudgar, you swing, come back, swing, come back. So that in the South, or if you bring it to the Indian side, that would be basically you take a dobiwala. It's same movement you take the cloth you hit it on the stone they come back hit it on the stone Come. so these are very similar so what i'm trying to say it is more everyone has it keeps their own names for it which is fine and uh, i just saying what i'm trying to say is it's very relate- relatable right now you know these are the kind of movements so the mudga movements in general what i'm trying to say is these are movements which your body was meant to do your body was meant to do these kind of movements our bodies were meant to go in a three dimensional motion That's what makes us different from a robot. Robots are rigid. They go front, back, side, side. They can't go diagonal and then if we see, maybe more involved, yes, they are. But in general, these are called rotator cuffs on our shoulder. We are meant to rotate it from the name itself. Rotator cuff means rotated. You're not meant to lift it up, down. That becomes a two-dimensional. When you keep doing a two-dimensional motion, what happens is you get stiff where it was meant to go a three-dimensional motion. So I'm talking about your shoulder, your wrist, your ankle, and your hips, and your neck. So these are meant to rotate. So what I'm trying to say is, whichever part was meant to rotate, if you keep doing, instead of doing a three-dimensional motion, which is rotational, and if you do a two-dimensional, it will get stiff. And when you do a two-dimensional, I'm not saying it's bad. It'll be more focused on your muscle. Three-dimensional is more focused on your joint and secondary muscle, because you are meant to rotate it, not just push and pull. So. The mudga movements are more about rotational movements. That's why uh, I would say it is more for uh, these movements who are made for our body in general. So we are made to move around, not to go front and back or side to side. We are meant to go all in all directions. That's how our body is basically meant to do. I hope I answered that question. Yeah, that does. So I think one of
1: the things that frustrated me about machines, other than the uh, fact that I found them really boring, was that, you know, I used to think about it, right? Like, when will I ever use these kind of movements? You know, I mean, I would never use these kind of uh, movements, right? And so, which is why, I mean, I really loved barbells and dumbbells because... Uh, barbells, especially, and some compound exercises and so on, because it engaged multiple parts of your body. Is more functional. Uh, plus, phase. I mean, there was an element yeah. of more functional, exactly. And and plus, you had to balance the center of gravity as well, right? I mean, you're not tethered to one part, basically. So all those things made it a lot more interesting. And I've started practicing the Madgar, I mean, um, you know, five, six days back, and this kind of takes it to the next level, right? I'm experiencing whatever you said, which is a lot more of that swing and uh, and so on, right? It, it's a lot more fun. For sure. I mean, if uh, people are, uh, who are listening are even mildly curious, I think you should definitely get one. But I, I mean, I would say start off with uh, really low uh, weights, right? Because I made yeah. the mistake of getting a five kilo one. Uh, yeah, where, you know, it, I, I thought it always happens.
0: It always happens. It always happens. Most of my clients, yeah. especially if they go to the gym, they say, What? Well, I do 50 kg bench press. Right. I can do 5 kg. That's nothing. But yeah, <laughs> in the gym, the yeah. thing is that weight is balanced. Yeah. But because... both sides. Here it's all on one side. That's the thing. Correct. Correct.
1: Yeah. Because the weight is not balanced and it's like, you know, very skewed in a different direction. 5 kilo 1 is like taking a lot out of me right now. In fact, I mean, I I think I might get the, you know, uh, 3 kilo 1 a little later. But what are some of the other uh, differences when it comes to the, you know, Western equipment, right? I mean, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is you don't just lift it, you swing it, right? Then the other thing is it doesn't just, you know, work the muscle, it works the joint, right? In that sense. So, yeah, what do you think about the grip strength as such? You know, I think that also is an important aspect of these, right?
0: Yeah, so this is something which I have to tell all the viewers who are going to listen. When you get the grip, right, so grip is always uh, when you're getting your own, when you're buying your own, one thing you have to look at is basically your grip. It should not, if you can see in the camera, your thumb should be able to touch your middle finger, but you should not be able to touch the uh, index finger. That's how thick the grip is supposed to be. So it should be like this. Basically, you can touch your middle finger, but not be able to touch your index finger. So a fat grip actually helps in your grip strength. And secondly, Uh, The more you swing with it, it will actually help people. A fatter grip actually helps people with the tennis elbow. It will actually rehabilitate people with the tennis elbow. And when you hold a thin grip, it doesn't really. But what happens is as you go on and on swinging it for higher, higher reps, what happens is you tend to get a tennis elbow. So keep that in mind. Always a fat grip, thumb should be able to touch your middle finger, but not your index finger. So that should be a measurement, which everyone should check when they buy their own, own Munker. It's very uh, important, right?
1: And the other thing that I notice is it kind of engages multiple parts of my body, right? I mean, it's engaging the shoulders, obviously, but then, I mean, it's engaging the core as well. Right. Uh, And and especially you make it a point that, you know, people should, you, you should breathe properly. Right. I mean, can you talk about that? Like if you, if you talk about a conventional movement as such, like what are the different parts that uh, it
0: engages? So in this one, I would actually tell you what's happening in this one is basically, I would really tell you is basically it focuses on your upper body and there are some variations that focus on your lower body. Mm-hmm. So when I say upper body, I mean there's a lot of muscles involved in one swing. So that's there. Okay. And when I say, so, you know, I, I get questions from my Instagram. People ask me, what do you do with your chest? I just said, I do this. What do you, I swing it? What do you do for your bicep? I swing it. It's the same thing because that is involved with a lot of muscles involved. So basically when I swing back, I'm pushing, my arm back, right? When I push it up, it's already your, your uh, shoulders involved. The moment I go back, then my ribcage opens up. The moment I swing it, it's really, really pushing my back out and it's really pulling my tricep as well. The same time I'm pulling. When I pull, that's when it's like doing a chest pullover. A chest pullover. So your chest is involved. And doing all this, you always have to engage your core. When I say engage your core means, it doesn't mean you hold your breath. People get it wrong. People hold their breath singing that they're holding their, engaging their core. No, it's like this. You should be able to flex your core at the same time, breathe. That's very important. At the same time, when you flex your bicep, do you hold your breath? No, you don't hold your breath. You just flex your bicep, right? And you breathe normally, same way. So what I'm trying to say is some people get it wrong by saying holding the breath means they are flexing the stomach. No, it doesn't mean that. You should be able to flex your core. Okay, it might be not be visible, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is when you flex your core, what happens is your body balance will really increase. Your posture will really be improved. So when you swing, the balancing the mudgar is so much easier when you engage your core. So this helps you from keeping your core very strong, core engagement, body balance. Okay, and what happens is, and when it comes to lower body, I get a lot of questions about lower body. Lower body, what happens is, you're always rooting your toes into the ground. Otherwise, if you, because this, fi, let's say you have a five kg, right? You said that five kg, when you swing it, you tend to go to the side, right? Unless you engage your core and keep your feet locked to the ground, it will go otherwise. You will go with it. So your feet are working. Your legs are working. But what I'm trying to say is it's more on the joints. Okay. It makes it more uh, agile. Your agility level becomes really good. Your uh, joints become really good. At the same time, what happens is, okay, your muscles are getting engaged but you will not get a muscle gain because we're not pumping. We're not, it's not a two-dimensional motion. It's more of moving side to side, side to side. So it's very, no matter how much I explain, it's hard for people to understand unless they try it. So when you keep doing it, what happens is you're still engaging your core and keeping your feet down to the ground. So what happens is you will get very toned lower body. And that's what happens with this. You get very toned lower body, very toned muscles, shaped up muscles, but muscle gain, no, you will not get muscle gain. Because we're not doing a two-dimensional two, two dimensional motion of you, We're just only focusing on keeping it down, strength. So effort is going in, in your lower body, but at the same time, not as much as, or let's say not even half as much as what's happening in the gym when you're doing your squats or when you're doing your, your leg presses. So then you have lower body workouts as well with these. And that is another thing. So then what happens is that is really focused on your lower body because then again, you engage in the core, trying to balance the mudga and you're doing squats. So that's a different thing. So we are basically, like I said, we're focusing more on joint strength because I always tell my clients, what's the point of having big muscles when your joints are weak? How are you going to move those big big muscles if your joints are weak? What I'm trying to say is I'm not saying bodybuilding is bad. Bodybuilding has its pros. The gym has its pros because someone, let's say someone's muscle is really weak. He really needs to go to the gym to develop that particular muscle. Yeah, so that's the beauty of bodybuilding. You focus on each and every muscle. So that's the whole point of going on stage and showing that you have that particular muscle. But what I'm saying is, also add this to your workout. This will complement your lifestyle. This plus bodybuilding, imagine having really flexibility and at the same time, really good body, muscles. So you're getting your mobility with your muscles. So I keep telling people, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying bodybuilding is bad, but you need to do something about your mobility as well. Because I went through that. My mobility was so bad. I had a lot of friction in my joints, lifting heavy, doing the same movement. Your joints really get grinded. So you have to work on your mobile case well. That's one.
1: Yeah, I think uh, another difference that I noticed, the the swing is not very, uh, I mean, if you've gone to the gym and if you've uh, trained and so on, right, I mean, you have this concept of time under tension, right? And you have to like focus and your flow has to be controlled, your movements have to be controlled as such. But here, I mean, you're literally swinging, right? I mean, it feels a lot more natural. But at the same time, I mean, you feel like, uh, should I sort of control the flow or let it be, right? So yeah, I mean, that's another thing that I kind of noticed.
0: Okay. So the thing is that you have to let go. You should let it swing freely. Muscle is always used to only to push and to pull. The swing part should let, let it go by itself, meaning let it go. Only grab onto it and let, because the moment you let go, that's when your joints get stretched and pushed back. Stretched and pushed back. So you get stretched and then flexed. Stretched and flexed. So that stretching and contraction and pushing it, uh, pulling it, what happens, that is what rehabilitates your joints. So don't control your swing. Control the force. Uh, control the direction has to go. That's all. Let it go. Just keep pushing and pulling. That is the pushing and pull will control the direction as to go. That's it. So let it go the way it goes. The moment you want to stop it, pull. The moment you want to start, push. So let the gravity work and everything. So that's how to make it look like ballet. Make it look very nice. Make it look very smooth. That's the only way to do it. because we only have to use push and pull. The swing part, let it happen by itself. That's it. like a like a like a pendulum. And uh, when you push, you'll create the swing. You push, let it drop, We'll create the swing. And the moment it swings back, that is the time when you have to pull. Because it's like this. I don't know how to explain it to you, but let me just show you like with a pen or something. So what I'm trying to say, you know, when it swings, yeah, it's swinging, right? So at this time, when I drop it, it's going to swing, right? So when I drop it, here, the force is going to increase, increase, increase. And then from here, it is at maximum. Then it's going to decrease, decrease, decrease. The moment that is lowest, it's going to swing back, right? So before it swings back, that is when, that's the time when you have to pull, pull towards you. Okay. Got it. So there's a lot of this thing. You'll notice when you keep practicing. Now you just started five days, right? Just use this concept when you swing. You will see how much more easy it is. Controlling the swing with a push and pull, but don't control the speed with that. So no need for muscle while that when it's swinging. That should go freely. The moment it swings before it can swing back, that is when you pull. That's something which you will see in my videos.
1: Right. So when it comes to fitness, people have different goals and ambitions. You know, someone wants to be healthy, uh, someone wants to be fit, uh, someone wants to be aesthetic and so on and so forth. Right. And how do these uh, Indian equipment, right, traditional equipment help in all these three regards?
0: Okay. So Indian equipment first, like I said, joint health is the first priority. It's the main primary goal. So when I say joint health, it means uh, stronger joints with mobility and flexibility, okay? That's one thing. Muscle, yes, is involved because you're always holding on to an external weight. So that muscle will add up, it'll show on your body. That external weight you're pushing and pulling will show on your body. And hence what happens is it will make you very aesthetic to your body. Uh, like I said about the grip, how to choose the right weight for you when you start the mudgar is a big uh, question. I would say this, so let's say an 80 kg person so back in the days, an 80 kg person, this is how you cal- calculate the right weight for you back in the days. An 80 kg person, you would have to divide it by 8. When you have by 8, it will be equal to 10. So 10 kg is the right weight for an 80 right. kg person to use. This is how I'm talking about, let's say, 80, 90 years ago. Okay. Now humans have evolved to be weaker. Okay. Humans have evolved to be weaker because now we have uh, Swiggy, Zomato, cars, mobile phones, everything is done with the click away. Our bodies are not really moving. Especially when work from home came, it became even worse. So over the years, they evolved it to make it divided by 8 and then again divided, divided by 2. So I keep telling people it's divided by 8 and divided by 2. Then people ask me, then why don't you just say divided by 16? I try to explain to them that I won't show them why I'm saying that so I can tell them why it is divided by 8 and divided by 2 so that I can explain how humans have become weaker. Uh, but many are not really thing. So then I just... Uh, some who are interested, I tell them divide by 16, or oh, uh, divide by 8, and then 2. Otherwise, I tell them divide by 16 because I just realized I'm wasting my time with them. So they're not really; they just want to buy it and use it. That's it. So that is how to choose the right weight. So an 80 kg person would, back in days, would be should be able to swing a 10 kg mumudga, and that shows how fit he is. And the number of things you have to do is 108, 108 times. So now it's become an 80 kg person is divided by eight will become 10 kgs. And then you have two is five kgs, literally half. So when you start with a five kg, you swing, you should be able to swing one zero eight times in one shot. Only then you increase the weight is the right time to increase your weight. Only really then it's the right time to increase the weight to the six kg. And why it's with wood? The reason being it's very holistic. It's mother nature. It's eco-friendly and every wood, has its own medicinal value in the ayurveda stuff i'm sure in the trees and this every wood has its own ayurveda has its oils and everything and it has its uh, medicinal value and that gets exchanged with you and the tool during your workout so if you have a two-hour session with the thing you're getting a lot of good oils from that wood to you and you're exchanging it to the wood and you can see uh, that this will really benefit your thing. So I always advise you use bare hands. Okay, you will do get calluses and things like that. But when you work out the right way, it will go. Eventually, your calluses will go. because at first, you're holding it really hard because you're thinking, oh, how do I swing it? Eventually, when you get comfortable with it, you'll start using it with your first three fingers. It's more than enough. Your last two pinky fingers will be much. You won't need it. You can just keep it open. So it's all about getting used to and practice. And the only way to get strong and better is with practice. There's no other way. Uh, it's not theory. It's all practical, so you
1: have to keep track. Yeah. No, it's uh, very easy to get uh, started, I would say, and it's a lot of fun as well. I mean, I keep saying uh, it's just been a week, and uh, uh, I certainly love it. You know, I mean, I, whenever I find time during the day, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I pick it up and do a few swings. Is there a specific diet that you follow as well? I mean, I've heard you say that, you know, you eat whatever is grown locally and uh, yeah. you don't really track calories and so on. No, but yeah, try. what is your general philosophy
0: in terms of diet? Uh, so diet, I eat everything. The only thing I would tell every client would say or every view would tell, I would tell them is to just to stay away from sugar, you know, white sugar. That is the only poison I think is really. What I'm trying to say is uh, I focus more on an intermittent fasting diet. I have an eight-hour window to eat, okay? And after, which is for me is from 12 noon to 8 p.m. Yeah, that is my eating time. 12 noon to uh, 8 pm. That is my eating time. And after that, if I'm hungry, what happens is I just have non-caloric drinks like water, green tea, or any uh, good juices like coconut water or something. That's what's available for me, so I have that. This really boosts my mood and everything. And what happens is the reason why I do it, and I keep telling people it is very advisable to do it, but don't listen to me. If you are a person who has sugar if you're diabetic or cholesterol go to a dietitian get their advice go to a nutrition get their advice because i'm no nutritionist this works for me the reason why i do this because i make sure so my honest speaking my food is over by 6 p.m because i sleep by 10 yeah so the important thing about this is that i make sure my last meal is four hours before i sleep four hours before i sleep so the idea behind this is because that's one very important thing the reason being when you sleep, even your digestive system wants not sleep. Your body internally, organs want to sleep as well. They want to rest as well. So the problem with eating late and sleeping straight after, the thing is that. So what happens is instead of your organs trying to be active 100%, it'll be only 50% productive because it's tired as well. So what happens is only at 50% rate. By the time it's morning, you wake up, it's morning. And then what happens, you eat again. So it's only 50%. Then again, it's working. And then again, by time it's lunchtime. Then again, it's working. So what happens is your system is always working. And this is what happens. This is why uh, people's, let's say your liver or something, it doesn't actually work 100% because it's not getting rest. It's getting overload. So when it's sleep, even your stomach wants to sleep. So that's something which I keep telling people. And uh, I don't know if many people agree with me, but it has really worked for me. And I feel like my, my metabolism rate has really increased with this. And I really feel easy on my stomach. I have hardly have any gas. Uh, My gut is very healthy. It's so good. Like, you know, I feel really light on my stomach because gut health makes, if you have a really bad gut, you'll always be, you know, there's always irritation when you sit down and things. You always, you know, so gut health is very important. So this is what I do. So for when it comes to diet, I eat what's available around me in the farm and everything locally. And yes, I do have my thing where I do go out and eat my outside food, junk food, because I'm a big foodie. So I work out to eat. I don't need to live. I work out to eat. So that's how my thing is. So though, then people ask, do you have a calorie deficit diet? Yes, I will say, I wouldn't say calorie deficit means people tend to eat less and work out more. But what I do is I eat, I eat how much I want and I'll work out even more. So that is my calorie deficit, how I calculate my calorie deficit. So I will not sacrifice my thing on poor food. So, yeah, that is not what I'll do. So that is my diet, basically. I eat everything much naturally, as much as possible. Natural, natural food and fresh food. A lot of fruits, a lot of veggies. I'm very low on the sugar part. I replace sugar with natural honey or with uh, jaggery. These are one of my two things to go to, to replace sugar. But if I do want to have a dessert, I go all out and have a good cake, you know, or good dessert. I do go all out. (laughs) I will not waste on (laughs) white sugar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, uh, so, so my diet is, uh, I mean, kind of similar except for the timings. I mean, sometimes it, it gets skewed, but I have been fasting for the last four to five years, uh, I think. Right. I can't eat three, four meals a day right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can't, can't even go right? back to the time that, you know, I was, yeah, yeah I, I can't even go back to the time that I used to eat at 9am or something like that. It yeah. just doesn't feel natural to me. I mean, uh, if I, yeah. if I eat something at that time, I feel bloated through the day. Bloated. Uh, exactly. Right? And so, so I've been yeah. So I've been 16, eight for yeah, four to five years now, and it's been about a year or so that, you know, I have, uh, I've been doing a 24 or 36 hour fast once a week. Right. So generally on Mondays, I don't eat. It feels fantastic actually. And, uh, you know, uh, for, for those who are listening, I think you can certainly build up to it. Right. I mean, you don't have to go, yeah. you know, balls to the yeah. walls and, uh, exactly four, five days. Yeah. Yeah. It will take time. You, yeah yeah you can definitely build up to it and and the best thing is that you know then you're not really worried too much about what you're eating right yes i mean you follow yeah. certain things like hey i mean you don't want to overdose on sugar or whatever yeah. but then you know you're not you're not like uh, proportioning your food in and paying so much of attention tracking everything yeah. right i mean because I, exactly. I i mean personally i don't like to live like that right yeah. i want to eat what's uh available. I, I sus- want to eat what my yeah. mother or my wife has cooked. Right. So, exactly.
0: It's not, so, yeah. it's not su- 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 sustainable yeah. at all. You can't, how long can you keep tracking your Calvi and stuff? Can't do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, you, you can't, you can't carry kale or whatever, or quinoa or yeah. whatever, uh, you know, wherever you travel, right? I mean. <laughs> exactly. But one thing, one thing though, I wanted to check with you, right? Is this, you know, I do skew a little more towards uh, proteins. I mean, I try to reduce carbs as much as possible, right? But what do you feel about some of these high protein, you know, low carb kind of diets, right? Which, which sort of mimic keto, you know, I mean, not exactly keto, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but people say that, I mean, again, it's very split, right? I mean, people say that you need a reasonable amount of carbs. I mean, people say that carbs are poison and so on. Uh, where do you stand on this whole
0: thing? So it is like this, I would say, listen to your body. A person who sometimes advises these things is basically you have to look at the background of the person who's doing it. So I'm a person who works out a lot and my job is to work out. So I burn a lot. So I eat everything. So I can't re- restrict on carbs. I can't restrict on protein. I do need everything. Yeah. I wouldn't say a keto and everything is, if keto and everything is just a fast track, it's easy way because the moment you stop, you will gain everything back. Try not to do diets which are not sustainable. You know what I mean? Because it's not sustainable. You have to check your lifestyle as well. You have to see what suits your lifestyle. So don't, because a person who doesn't work out can maybe do it because he doesn't need maybe that much carbs. He doesn't need to because he's not doing any physical activity. So things like that. So it is important that, you know, these things are really important. So... You should choose the right diet for your lifestyle. So if you're a person who doesn't work out at all, you don't need all that high protein. You don't need all that high carb. You know what I mean? Because you need to burn it as well. No? So I would always suggest go to a nutrition, tell him your uh, your lifestyle, how much you work out and everything. Be very honest with him. So according to that, they will give you a perfect diet. That is very important. So not every diet is su- Not My diet won't be suitable for someone else because if he's a diabetic or something, fasting will really play with his sugar levels. So that's not good. So, that's why I said, consult your dietitian before you do something. I'm not certified, but this has helped me. That's all. You know what I mean? That's very yeah. important. Yeah. So, that's the that.
1: You know, the best thing is to sort of try it out for yourself, right? And figure what really works for you rather than following a prescription, because there is yeah. really no one size fits all, you know, I mean, even in yeah, the exactly. same family itself, I think uh, different people uh, have different sort of needs and uh, requirements on this note, right? I mean, what are some of the common health and fitness mistakes that you notice with Indians, right? One, one, obviously, I mean, we tend to eat a lot of uh, refined carbs, right? I mean, like rice and so on but but anything else uh, as such i mean any any health and fitness uh, mistakes common mistakes that uh, you encounter when you coach clients
0: yeah one of the biggest thing with my clients i mean it's they all fine they ask me without some them, but what i see and what i see people do is some people really starve themselves thinking that that will help them lose, lose weight that's really wrong another thing is uh, ego lifting your technique goes really bad when you do ego lifting that's really bad you can really enjoy yourself that's one and the other thing is they look at what's on social media and do it so oh he's eating that so let me also eat that i will become like this but they don't know what else he's doing to eat that so do your research more always do your research more if you do something that is very important there's so much out there You you know what's right what's wrong keep doing research before you start especially it's your body it's your health your body is your home right if your home is not clean, if you're not putting something clean in your body, it's going to show out. It's going to show on your skin. It's going to show on your health. So make sure you put something clean into your body, something safe into your body. You know, don't just look at a couple of things and say, oh, he's doing it. I'll also do it. But look at his background, what he's doing. It's very important. It's just having supplements and not working out enough to burn those supplements as well. People take fat burners thinking and not to work out and you get so anxious. You get this very, your body gets into a rage, you know, you get very irritated and stuff because you're not burning it. So please don't have fat burners thinking that will just lose weight. No, it'll really play with your mind, really play with your head. So it doesn't work that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, For sure. For sure. I had another couple of questions, right? It's been a journey for you in terms of bringing back this ancient uh, wisdom, right? With these uh, traditional tools and equipment and so on, right? I mean, I think that's, that's pretty amazing. You're popularizing this uh, with the Um, a lot more people and so on, right? What do you advise to other people who are trying to bring back some of these ancient knowledge systems and so on, right? I mean, uh, because you are pretty popular, you have, you know, 25,000 plus followers on Instagram, uh, you coach a bunch of people as well, right? So for someone else in someone, in some other sphere, right? I mean, people who are trying to bring back these knowledge systems, um, how do you make it cool for the younger generation per se?
0: The only way to do is to keep sharing, keep learning. Keep your ego set and just keep sharing, keep sharing. Uh, there's always someone, there's always a big, bigger fish there. So keep learning. So I even look at a lot of people's uh, profiles. I keep looking at that. I keep learning. I keep learning. So Be open. Be open to learning. That's a very important thing. No one's the best. No one's the best. Even if you feel someone's the best, if you ask him, you think he's the best, he'll say he's not the best. So always uh, keep learning. Yeah. Keep learning. Keep an open mind to, to learn and keep practicing. I think that's the only way. Don't stop yourself from sharing, you know, keep teaching and keep learning. That's the only way. And I'm just going to keep doing that. So that's why I keep posting on a daily basis. I keep sharing whatever I know. So sometimes today's post, I might forget. And then I post it in the next day's post. So yeah, we're all human. So I just keep posting. So that's it. That's the only way I think to keep sharing and keep uh, listening.
1: No, I, I really love your humility, you know, and uh, it's so right. I mean, I think. Oftentimes, uh, when we're trying to do some of these things, right, uh, we look down on the present generation and say that, hey, these guys are, you know, perhaps superficial. Uh, They don't want to invest time and effort to learn all these uh, things and and whatnot. But I think you have to understand the times that we live in, right? We live in, you know, Instagram times where attention spans are small and uh, people are very superficial, right? And and so on. So you need to play in the medium and the language that uh, these folks understand, right? I mean, like, in your case right the fact that you know you are shredded yourself right that that adds a huge amount of uh, interest to the to the workout routines that you're exactly doing i'm just well, trying to show right?
0: this is what got me here exactly these tools got me here that's what i'm trying to tell them and uh, i mean you all have to start from somewhere so i did start with bodybuilding then went to crossfit and that also didn't suit me and then i came here and uh, this really suits me and i feel i'm still younger than most of my people of my age among my friends you know i mean when it comes because this got me here so yeah when it comes to fitness age is just a number so
1: yeah for sure for sure so before we uh, before we leave you nitin uh, any other parting thoughts i mean where can people find you of course i mean you are the shredded farmer on instagram any other uh, places they can find you and any words of uh, advice before we leave
0: uh, I mean, you can. Always, this is the only place I'm there, and then on YouTube, I'm YouTube. I'm there on another Facebook page with the same name, but I'm not that active. Instagram is my main thing, my main go-to thing, uh, because I'm a I'm a one-man show. So that's why I'm always. I can't go to so many uh, social media platforms. Mainly, it's on uh, Instagram, and the only thing is that what I'm trying to tell people is, if you if you do ever start this Indian traditional worker, don't go heavy. Start light learn the technique, get a good trainer, do your own research before you find your own trainer. See, because the platforms are out there, you can always do your research on the right trainer. And once you learn the technique, go heavy. Don't go heavy. Don't go ego lifting because it's not going to get you anywhere. You're just going to get injured and then you'll blame it on the tool, saying that, oh, this got me injured, you know? So don't blame it on the tool. It's yourself who did it. So that's, so don't do that. And I would always suggest stay away from supplements if you don't need it. That's it. I wanted to add this as well. So the mudga benefits is, first of all, is your joint health, makes it uh, strong and flexible. Then second is, uh, it gives you body balance. So when I say body balance means uh, people tend to trip and fall, right? This helps you to, this helps you from not yeah. falling. So if you trip, you'll get your balance back and you will not fall. You know what I mean? So trip and get back into balance. Yeah. Yeah? Good core engagement and good posture. So this is something you need, because as we get older, I don't know if you've seen your senior citizens among us, among which are around us, you see they can't lift, they can't raise their arm over their shoulder level. They feel it's really hard. So these things really help. It's for all ages, senior level, juniors, everyone can use this. It's purely for the joints. It's really fun. So this is something which I have to tell about the Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and, and these things are arguably more important as you age, right? I mean, uh, definitely as you tend to lose muscle and so on. So, so it's all the more important as you age.
0: Exactly. Joint health is very important.
1: Fantastic. Uh, I hope that a lot more people pick up the Mukdar and the Gada and learn these, uh, you know, ancient Indian techniques uh, with these uh, tools as such, right? Uh, and thank you so much. Nitin. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Bharat Varta podcast. If you want to see more content like this, then don't forget to subscribe to our channel. We started Bharatvarta to facilitate long-form discussions on politics, policy, and culture. We don't necessarily endorse anything that was said in this episode. If you wish to offer us feedback, do reach out to us on social media. We are at Bharatvarta on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You could also get in touch with us on our website, www.baratvarta.in.
0: The links are in the description below. Until next time, stay safe, take care and enjoy.